0: The opinions of Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman don't reflect the views of GAU Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a GAU Media station.
1: Sports, 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 sports. So they just
0: sit there and talk about sports?
2: Yeah, and there's an awful lot of it to talk about. We might even have a change on the Nick Casario scale today. And we got a tournament to talk about. Let's do it. It's a Monday on the Blitz.
0: Diabolical. It's Friday, Friday. Oh, really? Diabolical. <laughs> Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman.
2: And The Blitz is on for a Monday, not a Friday, Friday. God, I was about to praise Trey for getting the opening right and that he does that. Uh, if you want to get in today, welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe, sort of. Um, 713-780-ESP, entry number, 713-780-3776. can also get us on the Blitz. Well, you can't get us on the Blitz Facebook page because there's no Aaron today. Uh, no AJ today either, so you'll just have to deal with everybody else. Twitter is at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at the underscore Jermaine, as Jermaine Every joins us, at, let's see if I can get this right, Juggalo underscore Trey 48. As Trey does the producing today, and uh, you can also hit us up on the text line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six, or watch us on Twitch twitch.tv slash espn nine seven five. And yeah, the first te- text is like, is that Trey in there today? Yes, it is. It's all good. So we're gonna have some fun today. And uh, Jermaine Every in the house. What's going on, buddy? Much man, Might need to get your microphone turned on. There we go, uh, Trey. Hello. oh okay thank there you trey okay man let's 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 focus a little bit <laughs> one one screw up is funny two is a pain in the ass so let's uh let's, let's get this right what's going on man
1: nothing much how you been great i've been great yeah we were supposed to hook up saturday and i had to play uber with the kids <laughs> yeah we went out
2: for a little bit i didn't stay out very long i just did like an hour or so just to get out of the damn house because i was getting uh getting stir crazy but uh you know watching some basketball and yep yeah, watch UH beat Memphis Saturday and then uh, annihilate uh, Cincinnati yesterday
1: again. With- oh, yeah, that wasn't even it, – it was one of those games where I, I kind of forgot it was on. I turned it on, saw the score, and I turned it right back to the other game. <laughs> yeah, because that Ohio
2: State-Illinois game was pretty good. I wound up watching more of that because uh, my friends were texting me, man, man, if they play like this in the tournament, UH is going to be really tough. So, yeah, this Cincinnati does not match up with them even a little bit. They're not going to play like this in the tournament. I mean, they're not going to make every single shot. But, hey, two-seed, it'll be a lot of fun. And, and man, lots of news. Uh, I thought he'd already retired, but Drew Brees made it official this weekend. You're you're Drew Brees of your New Orleans Saints.
1: Yes, yes. He he finally, finally, finally decided to officially announce it. It was kind of cool the way he did it with his kids and all that, spending more time with dad and all that kind of hokey kind of stuff. But, um. Well, those kids are annoying. I wouldn't want to be spending more time with them, but that's just me. <laughs> it's on to the next as far as the Saints are concerned at quarterback. So this chapter is closed. It's done. It's finally over. And I'm ready to move on.
2: So how do what do, you, how do you think it's going to play out? Because I, I have odds on every possible quarterback for the Saints
1: moving forward. But as a Saints fan, how do you think it's going to play out? Honestly, I think Jameis is going to be the the guy to replace him. They're already talking with him about coming back and – probably structuring something where it's heavily incentive-based. He's probably going to get a Cam Newton type of deal um, initially, and I think they're still going to explore their options. Uh, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton always find a way to make things work, especially when it comes to the cap, uh, because if you remember a few weeks ago, they were like 60-some-odd million over the cap, and now they're right at that number. So they're going to figure something out. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's so funny
2: when people talk, about oh, they're so far over the salary cap and this and this, and then, Oh, you know, A couple weeks later, you restructure some stuff, your franchise quarterback retires, next thing you know, eh, maybe it's not as bad as we thought
1: it was. You don't have money to go out there and sign a bunch of big-ticket guys, but you don't really need big-ticket guys. No. is One of the things uh, Trey and I were talking about was uh, he asked the pre-show, do I think they're going to bring back Trey Hendrickson? And I said probably not because a young pass rusher, I think he's 26 years old right now, 26, 25, 26, uh, who had 11.5, I believe, or 12.5 sacks last season in a contract year? Those guys like that tend to look and want to get paid. Uh, so they're not going to have the money to bring him back. And plus, they didn't trade up and draft Marcus Davenport for nothing. So they're going to want to get as much out of him as they possibly can. Well, the uh, the local team made some moves, and, and we're going to have a, an adjustment to the Nick Casario scale today. I, I was looking forward to that because <laughs> I've been seeing a ton of moves that he's making. Um, I saw a tweet on Twitter. I can't remember who said it or who tweeted it. I, I retweeted it, but uh it says the uh, kind of went something like the only reason why Nick is making all these deals is because he knows Jack is at church. Um that's possible because they, they all happened on
2: Sunday and we and we know on that day that uh, Jesus Easter be rests. So Exactly. Uh well let's start with the Bernardrick McKinney for Shaq Lawson deal, which uh hey, I was all for just whack McKinney. He he was uh before he got hurt, he wasn't good last year. I mean, he could still tackle when you run right at him. He can't cover. He doesn't have any lateral speed. Very good tackler as long as the running back or
1: whoever it is runs right at him. Right. He's not a, a very athletic guy at all. He's pretty straight up and down. Um, but one thing that I did like about that move is that Shaq Lawson is twenty six. I believe he's played primarily – I know in Miami he did. I believe he did in Buffalo as well, but played as a 3-4 rush outside linebacker. Having him concentrate on just being a hand-in-the-dirt 4-3 defensive end, which is nine times out of ten the place that he's going to go at, um, I think is going to do wonders for him, hopefully will do wonders for him to the point where he can be more productive and kind of fulfill that potential that he had coming out of Clemson.
2: Yeah, he uh, – I, I like him, and you now you're taking on a, a fairly – decent contract from him but the fact that you were able to get a guy who can play i mean he's an nfl player uh he's not great yet maybe he gets better uh he has played some defensive end but he's he's moved around a little bit and i think uh maybe maybe defensive end is the place for him but the fact that you were able to get him for a guy that you could have cut uh i like that move
1: i'm going to give nick casario a half point Oh, I, I was holding out hope you would be generous and give him a whole point, but a half point—that that, that, that that's on par for the Casario scale. Uh, I also like the deal for Marcus Cannon. I think that's a
2: that will do a lot for that offensive line. I think they already look better than last year, and and when you get a new coach in there, that's that's a plus. I assume this kicks Titus Howard inside and beefs up your guard play a little bit, and then you just have to hope that Zach Fulton or. Uh, or Sharping, one of those two guys plays better under a new coach. And if that happens, guess what? You got a pretty decent offensive line to protect whatever bum quarterback you're going to have.
1: Yeah, it was funny because when I saw them make that move for Cannon, I got an alert. or so I, I have no idea how I saw it so quickly and heard the news. And uh there's a group chat that I was in. I was like, this is probably going to kick Howard inside or maybe Cannon goes inside. I said, nine times out of ten, Howard is going inside. 30 or some odd minutes later, Lance tweets it out. And they were like, How did you know that? Did you talk like, no, guys, I don't know anything or talk to anybody it's basic football. I just know a little bit about the game. That's all.
2: Well, and that certainly makes sense. And that, that will help with the offensive line. And apparently they're also signing uh Malik Collins. Who, yes, I uh, did see that uh, as well. Yeah, so I, I wonder if this uh wonder if that's your swing tackle and the kid they drafted last year just goes on the scrap heap. But um you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean I think he's uh uh, I'm sorry, defensive tackle. Uh it, that's that's another position that they need. That defensive line was a mess last year, even with JJ Watt. And you, you look at the sack totals from last year, and it's like you know, Whitney Merciless
1: had four sacks. Do you remember any of them? No. <laughs> I think I remember one, it was kind of earlier on in the season, and he, he basically got the sack because the guy was trying to get away from JJ. <laughs> he basically backed into it. So Yeah, and so at least now. I mean, again, a couple of decent
2: players that you've added to the defensive line. You're not going to be able to add any big-ticket sexy guys. We know that. I mean, you probably could, but I don't know what the point of it is with this roster the way that it is right now. You've added a couple of return specialists, which helps. So little moves, not, uh, not sexy moves. But overall, given Nick, we uh, don't have to say his last name because Cal didn't, Nick gets a full point for the weekend. So he's now at 2.5 on Ooh, the rating scale. Man, that's a, that's a record high. I think his high previously was a 1.5. Well, no, he got to 2 at one point, and then he signed David Johnson. And, you, and that was a big negative. Gotcha.
1: So, yeah, he's sitting at uh, 2.5 right now. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how some of these guys work out in this new 4-3 defense, uh, uh, especially a guy like a Jacob Martin, who's more of a slender kind of guy. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do with him. Uh, I'm also interested to see what Tyrell Adams looks like in this defense as well. Uh, I believe he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm wondering if they'll bring him back. He was pretty productive last year on a horrible defense, which is not saying a whole, whole lot for a guy. But at the same time, in the limited time that he was given and the time that he's been in the league, he he did show some improvement. Uh, I would rather him, if it came down to him or Bernard McKinney, I would have I kept Adams and not McKinney.
2: Yeah, and I I hope they do because I think at least as bad as they were last year, he was a bright spot. And, and granted, somebody had to make tackles on that defense because the defensive line wasn't doing it. Uh, but but I liked that he brought a little sideline to sideline in there. I thought he played pretty well for them. Uh, you're, you're stuck with Zach Cunningham, obviously. And, and maybe Cunningham's better as an outside linebacker. We'll see. But I, I think the middle is, is still kind of a question mark now. It's like, which one of those guys do you put there? But I, I do think that, again, they've got – decent players that they've signed not great but at least nfl players and at least at least there'll be a little competition there obviously i think they need they're going to need another defensive lineman who's who's not just average and they've got to do something with the corners and if they can do that then they can be competitive
1: and by competitive i mean six wins and that's if they keep watching six is generous Six is generous because I still see a lot of holes on this team. I, we both agree that they're probably not going to bring back Will Fuller. So when you look at the wide receiver position, like if they do bring back Watson and if he does play, who the heck is he throwing to outside of Brandon Cooks That's anywhere remotely looks like
2: a threat? Well, what the hope is that you can find somebody in the draft in the fourth or fifth round who can be productive for you, which is guesswork. In the history of, and I'm using Casario's Patriots background, in their history, how many
1: guys did they find in the fourth or fifth round that were good receivers? They always end up finding like some five nine, five ten slot guy who can catch 100 balls from Brady on option routes. So a white guy is what you're saying. You, you can say it. It's okay. Deion Branch wasn't white.
2: Well, we're going back 20 years on that one, though. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think uh, that's one where they'll have to, they're going to have to find a couple players. I mean, you hope, QT takes a step forward next year and stays healthy and I mean who knows what they what else are going to do here but I would not invest in another big time receiver until I know what my quarterback situation is there's no real point if you're bringing Tua in here or Sam Darnold of putting an A receiver out there
1: yeah it, it, this this roster as presently constructed is not worthy of a putting out that type of receiver especially thinking that you may not have a Deshaun Watson back.
2: All right, let's take a quick break. A lot more to get to. Don't go anywhere. It's the blitz on ESPN 975925. 5.
0: About about you are listening to the blitz on ESPN 975. And on ESPN 925. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman.
2: And we are back on the Blitz. No A.J. today. No Aaron today. It's just me against the world. Well, me against Jermaine and Trey. We're supposed to be on the same team, but I I feel like we're we're not going to be today. I feel like we're going to be on opposite ends of everything. So it's all good. Um, Probably. You know who else uh, has made some pretty good moves today? Nobody wants to hear this. New England Patriots. Yes. Matthew Judon is a huge pickup for them. Jonu Smith, I think, is um, a really nice piece. And, you know, you think about the guys they get back, Dante Hightower, assuming he opts back in,
1: Patrick Chung. I think that defense could look pretty good. I think that defense will look good because the Belichicks aren't going to have a defense in which they're just going to look terrible. Now, the one key thing to that defense could be is if they do decide to hold on to and not trade Stephon Gilmore, some of the rumors were out there that they were shopping him.
2: Yeah, I hope they don't do that. I, Because
1: I, I don't know how your defense gets better when you trade a Stefan Gilmore. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, flat out, it doesn't. I mean, even if he loses his step, that defense is still better off with him than without him. And a 30-year-old cornerback isn't probably going to get you the haul that you think you would want to get out of that. But at the same time... Patriots haven't been exactly great at draft in the last few years. If you look at their recent history of draft picks, um, but didn't the
2: uh, Texans hire their main guy who does the draft?
1: I so shouldn't made they get that point for a reason? Shouldn't they get better? <laughs> but it, you know, this is the thing when when I, I brought that up in another chat one time, and we were talking about it, and I said, you know, what if Casario did not have final say? We know he doesn't have final say over the draft picks and roster and stuff like that. That's all Belichick. But what if there were times where Casario was offering or pounding the table for somebody and Belichick decided to go in a different direction as the final say? So, I mean, just judging by their draft history and him coming from there, yeah, we're to assume that, you know, he was a part of being about those bad drafts. But let's see what he does when he has somewhat autonomy over the draft itself.
2: Yeah, well, like I said, so far, you know, mixed results. I mean, he he lost a lot of points for his coach hire. He lost a lot of points for re-signing David Johnson. Uh, he's managed to pick up a few points here and there. Uh, 2.5 is still well below average. So let, let, let's see what he does. Now, one thing that, that I'm told he's good at is the ability to find useful players later in the draft. Guys that uh, and, and undrafted free agents. Guys who can become starters and become NFL players. And that's,
1: that's a nice skill to have. But we shall see. So, yeah, the, my, my thing is is he's going to be able to prove himself this year under that whole premise because you don't have nothing but late draft picks. So right. you have to hit on those. Yeah. Well,
2: I I assume they're going to get a haul of high picks when they they do trade Deshaun, which at this point I think is inevitable, but you know, that what what they do with those. I mean, I don't have any faith in this franchise to make good moves. And you know, yeah, the, these these are small moves that are this is like I don't want to use a poker analogy, but I'm gonna do it anyway. It's like this is like winning a bunch of little small pots. Let's see what happens when you get a whole bunch of chips in the middle. That, that's what I'm waiting for from Casario.
1: Yeah, they have two four they have a third, two fourths, a fifth, three sixths, and a seventh. I believe the they still have those same amount of draft picks. They just swapped picks with the Patriots in the in the Cannon deal. Yeah, so the Cannon they just, just
2: flip flop, which, you know, not that big of a deal. Um, and you know, we'll see, we'll see what else they acquire, but, uh, of, of the teams that have been active today. I mean, I, I like what the Patriots have done and, and I, I don't hate what the Texans have done yet, but we'll see. And yeah, I, I really like that McKinney deal. I think that was getting rid of a guy who had no place here anymore. Who's coming off an injury and for the dolphins, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's not much of a hit for them price-wise, and maybe he still has something left. I don't think he does, but we'll see. I, I like getting I like getting Shack Lawson. I thought that was a, a nice pickup. He's an NFL player. It, it,
1: my thing about that trade also is the pick that you would have gotten for McKinney, you wouldn't have been able to pick a player nine times out of ten that could potentially be as productive as Shack Lawson could be for you. So I consider that a huge win for the Texans.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, again, he's not, he hasn't been great. But I still think there's an up arrow, and you know he still would be, based on who's back from last year, tied for first on the, on the team in sacks. So, as I mentioned, signing Hargraves dropped his rating. I, I don't mind that, but because it's not much money, and you know he's, he's not supposed to be on the field much. That was the whole problem last year, is that Hargraves, when he was healthy, he wasn't supposed to be out there playing number one corner. And if he's your fourth guy, he's okay. Uh, I would just as soon punt on everybody and bring in a new fourth corner, but they still need a one. And, you know, that that's something that until they improve across from Bradley Robey, who I think Bradley Roby's is a functional two. If you can get him as a two, that's all right. They don't have a
1: one. I don't know where they're going to find a one. He did his best work actually in the slot when he was in Denver when he played with Akeem Talib and Chris Harris Jr. But, I mean, we're talking about two of the more elite cornerbacks at that time in the league. Uh, and then you also have Von Miller, who was a pass-rushing demon coming off the edge. So it tends to make the secondary look a lot better. Uh, as a two, yes, I, I would agree with that. But I prefer him in the slot as the third option at corner if they could find two other corners out there. But given their cap woes and their draft capital, that's not going to be possible. So you just have to find guys that you can just plug and play for right now and just get through this season.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it. they'll be lucky to get somebody who can be a one. And maybe that comes back in the Watson trade. Maybe not. I mean, I, I think that's probably going to be your best hope is that you can get a cornerback back in the deal. Saving Howard. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm hoping for. But, you know, if you do that, then suddenly – it makes your secondary significantly better because Roby's now playing a position where he's better suited and you've got a legitimate lockdown guy back there. And you still have issues with the, the defensive line. You're not going to be able to fix everything. That's that's the thing. But at least at least you're trending in the right direction defensively and, and maybe a better scheme. I don't know if it's a better scheme. It's just a different scheme. Maybe with a different scheme, you have a more effective defense this year.
1: My other point to improving this defense is on the defensive line mainly if they can get some pass rush that would help those you know guys in the secondary who aren't that good at covering you know putting pressure on the quarterback is the first thing having guys that can cover to me is secondary that's why when I tend to value who I would want and on a defense if I'm building a defense and I'm picking cornerstones I pick a pass rusher first before I pick a corner well, ideally, if you're smart, you get both of them at some point. It, it, well, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, yeah, you would have playmakers at every level. But when you're the Texans and your roster's in shambles, you have cap trouble, and you know your 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 best player wants out of town. You just got to get what you can get. And my thing is, if they can make a trade with either the Jets or the Dolphins and get that second or third pick and plus that other later round pick, I would rather take that higher pick and flip it for more picks. Somebody who wants to go up and grab one of those young quarterbacks in the draft, and then that way you're you're acquiring more picks because you have so many holes to fill instead of making that selection at two or three. Yeah, the Steel Curtain said
2: Texans should try and sign Bud Dupree. Um, you know what? I what? And you, you mentioned cap. They don't really have cap troubles. They've they've redone things to where they have room now, where they they could make one big ticket signing. Doesn't sound like they're going to. And I don't know that that's a smart move anyway, because. I think you're too far away for one player to get a bunch of money and be on a seven and nine at best team. I do think that uh you know what when you look at a guy like Bud Dupree, he's coming off a major injury. Uh if you could get him at a lesser rate for that, great. But I still think somebody's gonna pay him. And my question is pretty much why would anybody want to come here? Unless unless you are in love with Jack Easterby, or it's kind of the your last hope. Because if the quarterback doesn't want to be here, then, I mean that's the guy that should be out recruiting for you. Yeah, and instead you've you've alienated him. So yeah, and then King asked, "Why why a free agent want to come to Houston?" And that's that's the thing. You are going to get guys who don't really have other options, or maybe you get paid a little bit more because teams
1: are biting the bullet with the cap being what it is my thing with the cap is if they do end up trading Deshaun on draft day right before the draft would have you that cap hit is going to eat up some of that cap space and that that's the main thing that I'm worried about is taking on salary and signing guys and you eating up that cap space so to me it seems like they're not going to trade him by taking on salaries and signing guys but I mean it, it's still all relative because you we don't really know how that situation is going to play out we just know like what we think it's going to look like
2: well, and if it's me, of course, I've said this many times, if it's me, Texans wouldn't be in this situation. But as part, if part of any Watson deal, you're going to have to take some of these ugly-ass contracts like Whitney Merciless, and I'm going to get some room that way. All right. We're going to take a very quick break. We come back. I've got your Saints quarterback odds for you. Be curious what you think. There's about, there's about four of them in the top ten that I would just say you have no chance in hell at. But... We'll talk about that when we return. It is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5.
0: Listening to the Blitz on ESPN ninety seven five and on ESPN ninety two five live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman, and
2: we are back on the Blitz. So we switch it up for a second because we'll we'll do a lot more tournament stuff as we go farther on. But you see that they they basically have four replacement teams in case somebody gets the COVID. Yes, I thought that was an awesome idea. Yeah, and if you're Louisville and you're not in, then they, they turned down the 16-team in IT just because, hey, I think it's a good gamble. If 68 teams are there, somebody is somebody's going
1: to get the Rona and not be able to play. Of course. I mean, you. we already have Virginia and Kansas who had to pull out of their conference tournaments due to the covid so, chances are something somewhere is going to happen, and you're going to need to use at least, I think they're going to have to use at least one of those teams, if not two.
2: Yeah, and what'll be interesting is you know, what if it's like a, a one seed that, like, well, let's say Michigan tests positive for the Rona, and suddenly you're having to plug Louisville into Michigan's
1: spot. Ooh. Now, see, I hadn't thought about it that deeply. Like a one seed because they, they also came out and said that they're not going to reseed no, the bracket. No,
2: no. And, and and all this has to happen by tomorrow. Yeah, you know, somebody has to test positive by tomorrow. Otherwise it's just gonna be a a free roll. But Yeah, you know, I, I uh I like that they're doing I I'm gonna give the NCAA credit. Okay, this is not something you're ever gonna hear out of my mouth very often, <laughs> but this has not been the easiest season for the, for them to actually put on a tournament to get through an entire season to put together what I think is a pretty good bracket, um, with very few things that I would even question. I mean, most of the teams that, that were bubble teams, you know, we, we argue every year over 67 and 68, it could be, could have been any of the, it could have been Louisville, could have been any of the other teams. You can make a case for any of them. And I know Louisville fan is all mad because the Kentucky AD is, was the head of the committee and it's like, you know, really, you know, that you really think he's that petty. There's nine other people. If you really deserve to be in, I'm pretty sure somebody would have stood up. But maybe they get in anyway. But all that aside, I thought they did a really good job. I think they, um, I I think the fact that we're even going to have a tournament this year, when a year ago, it was all going to hell. And basketball ended. So, and I'm excited about it, mostly because I'm excited about UH because I think UH is going to uh, – I mean, I think Elite Eight is a strong – I mean, you're supposed to get there.
1: So. Yeah, they're supposed to get to bare minimum the Elite Eight. Bare minimum. I mean, I'm not looking for anything less from UH. The fact that they have Illinois in their bracket, uh, Tennessee is a decent team, uh, I don't see too many people at the bottom of that bracket like challenging them. Because when you look at their potential opponents, you're looking at – Rutgers, Clemson, Morehead State, West Virginia. West Virginia is the one that I, you
2: know, I think that that's going to be an interesting matchup for them if those two teams get that far. But I also think while, while Illinois is playing great, I don't think they're unbeatable, and I, I think they're they're certainly the favorite to come out of that. But you know, I, I do think that there's going to be a couple games, really, other than Gonzaga. When I, I look at them, I mean, I don't see anybody beating them before they get to the final four. It's just that, that thing set up so well for them. But I think there's a couple of good teams in Michigan's bracket, uh, Alabama being one of them. I think there's a couple of teams that, that could upset that match up with Illinois that could upset them. And, um, and, you know, I, I don't like the way Baylor's playing right now. And they, they're not the unbeatable force. They were early in the season. They got to get back to that. If they do, then they'll be fine. But, you know, somebody's asked, what do you think of Belmont not getting in? It's, it's funny because I watched a bunch of the uh, analyst shows afterwards. The only person who was really beating the drum for Belmont was uh, Vital. They're oh, the most weirds in the country, baby! How do you not put
0: him in there?
1: He always stumps for like those like obscure mid-major type of schools every single year. I wish we could go back and put together a montage of every time he stumped for one of those kids, or one of those schools, i rather getting left out of the tournament. It happens every year, never fails. Coincidentally, we argue over 68 every year, 67, 68, yeah. sixty-nine, yeah. seven. 69, whoever it was. This is also why, and I'll bring this, tie this into college football, why keeping the playoff at four is perfectly fine with me. There's no need to expand it because if you ha- when you had it at two, there was always three, four, and five arguing they should have been in the game. You put it at four, now five and six, seven, they're arguing why they should be in the top four. You, you got a freaking NCAA tournament that was at 64, they brazed it to 68, and people still argue, well, this person should have gotten, that person shouldn't have got left out. Win your conference, and you won't have to worry about it. Don't lose games that you're not supposed to, and you won't have to worry about it. Beat teams that are on your schedule that you should beat, and you won't have to worry about it. It's pretty simple.
2: It, it is, I mean, but I mean, that's part of what makes it fun is that everybody has to feel like somebody got screwed. And in this case, I mean, look, if you're not one of the best 64 teams, then I'm not too sympathetic towards you if you even don't sneak into the next four. Because now I know this year was a lot harder to judge. That's why I'm not going to be that critical. Because some teams played 20 games. Some teams played 30 games. I mean, it it was, you know, Louisville lost a bunch of games due to the Rona. Um, Baylor lost games due to the Rona. UH lost games due to the Rona. So it it is more difficult, I think, than usual to go and try to figure out who's better when you get into that that level down near the bottom. And I'm not talking about Baylor at the top. I'm talking about the guys at the bottom. When that happens, you know how do you judge it? And, and I think they did as good a job as they could. And um, you know, we'll 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 see how it plays out. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited about it. I think there's some uh, some potentially really good matchups. And I'm just hoping that we don't have any Rona problems and we can actually
1: get through this thing.
2: Because that ain't the worst thing in the world. You get to the Final Four and some team gets a Rona.
1: Yeah, that would be just awful. My other, and I didn't I didn't really pick it apart either because it's like, you know, the, one, one thing that I was looking at when I was looking over the brackets and whatnot, there's a matchup, one team played 30 games, the other team barely played 20. And it it, it was just way too difficult to judge everything this year. You had some teams who maybe played like six out of conference games and played a conference heavy schedule. Then you had some teams who played like almost evenly out of conference and in conference. So there there was just way too much subjectivity put into this year's field. So I'm I didn't even like try to waste any time looking at who got left out, why they got left out or whatever and whatnot. I rarely put I put sometimes I put a lot of time into that this year, maybe two minutes at most.
2: Yeah, well, and it's never, it's never easy to put these things together. But, I mean, I look at all the, the top seeds, and I thought they got that right. The only one that I thought was underseeded a little bit was Oklahoma State. I, I think I'd like seeing them as a three, but, oh, boy, they're a four. Ooh, you know, mean, <laughs> it's not, that, not really that big a deal. Right. All right, I, I promise you odds for your next Saints quarterback. You tell me where your money's going. Okay. Top of the list, Hymas Winston plus 150. Okay. Uh, I like that one. The mighty Mormon,
1: three to one. Nah, you don't want that. Nope, want no parts of it. Not just as a fan, but as a football guy. Taysom Hill holds on to the ball too long. He holds on. To, he does not read his progressions properly. He he tends to pat the football sometimes as well. There's just several things that I saw in his pocket presence that I really don't like um fourth on the list this is a serious nfw deshaun
2: watson seven to one don't waste your money no please don't please don't because see to me the next guy russell wilson at 10 to one should be lower odds than deshaun watson well i think they're both pipe dreams i think wilson is i i do think wilson might actually you, you could you could afford him you couldn't afford deshaun
1: no not at all the the Saints don't have the draft capital. They have tradable assets in, in star players that you could potentially offer to someone who would be looking for players in return and picks. But um yeah, I, I wouldn't I would say Russell Wilson would be the better odds than Deshaun Watson. Now you're getting ten to one. So I'd I'd put a little down on that.
2: You, you're gonna bet Trey's salary on that? Yep. Okay. uh,
1: uh Alex Smith, fifteen to one. Hmm. You know, those are long enough odds for me to put something on it just because because the payback would be so good. Uh Theodore Bridgewater
2: 15 to 1.
1: No, I don't think they're going back there.
2: Andrew Dalton 20 to 1. Hmm. Nah. Marcus Mariota 20 to 1. Ooh. Now that one, that one sounds a little sexy. I okay. like that one. Uh just a couple more because once once you get below Yimmy uh, Garoppolo at 25 to 1 and Ryan Fitzpatrick at 25 to 1 you don't want any of these other names because that's where Sam Darnold kicks in Ooh. so yeah Garoppolo
1: 25 to 1 Fitzy 25 to 1 although we say that about Sam Darnold if there was a, a quarterback guru or offensive coach who I think could get something out of Darnold it would be Sean Payton
2: yeah see I think if, if Sean Payton wound up I mean not Sean Payton, Sam Darnold wound up with Sean Payton or with Kyle Shanahan there might
1: still be something there, because I mean he's still only twenty three. It's not like he's like twenty seven, twenty eight, setting his ways, and there's not much changing him. He's twenty three, so he's still a bit moldable. Plus, you'd be behind a really good offensive line instead of that crap that they had up in New York. Yeah, and he wouldn't have Adam Gase as his head coach. All right, seven
2: one three seven eight zero. ESPN is your number seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you want to get in, you can also. Uh, Catch us on Twitter. Catch us on Twitch. Join the Twitch community, although apparently everybody's being mad at each other today. So um, why can't we all get along? You know, the world is a beautiful place when we're all on the same side. Find some commonality. That's what I'm looking for. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. It is The Blitz on ESPN 975925
0: Listening to the Blitz on ESPN ninety seven five and on ESPN ninety two five live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman, and we're back
2: on the Blitz. No AJ today, no Jermaine. I mean, no uh, Jermaine filling in. No Aaron Trey filling in. Yeah, see, I'm I'm getting caught up now. In uh, yeah, this I, I started a diet today, so like I'm I'm not cranky yet that's coming hopefully by the time i get home because then i can just be cranky with the wife but i i can tell
1: once i screw up my routine it messes me up a little bit you know i hate that because a few months ago when i was changing the way i eat to lose some weight and stuff it it wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to be but you know those first like two three days you start a new routine it's always the worst yeah and you know, we're, we're doing
2: the keto thing. And and also, uh, as I've made fun of this many times, the intermittent fasting, which is what we used to call in my day skipping breakfast. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So we're doing that, and we'll see because I need eh, about 25
1: pounds off. And- the the trick is with the fasting is drinking water. The, the Drinking the water is, like, huge because I would wake up and I'd have my cup right there by the bed brush my teeth drink like have like 15 16 ounces of water and try to drink the whole 32 ounces before i got to work that morning fill it up again and you know drink throughout the day that that's what really like really really helped yeah
2: that was the that was the first thing today is like i whenever i'd feel a little bit hungry before noon i would just go drink a glass of water and that that worked but yeah trey's looking at us like dude what the hell's the matter with you dieting there's something wrong with you no
0: diets here (laughs)
2: I've been the- stress eating, so <laughs> uh, why why are you stressed? Well, I don't know. Trying to figure out post mortem stuff.
1: Oh, uh, well, okay, that's understandable. Yeah, that's that's stressful. Totally understandable. Yeah, yeah it, but it's um, you know, I I had to get sexy back, Trey. I can't be fat and single.
2: That's true. I can't either. But you know, like if the, I, I get what you're saying, I'm gonna. But see, uh, you've inspired me to make a change. But see, you guys are. You guys are like dogs. You've got personality. You can be fat. Samuel L. said, "Dogs got personality." That's you guys. So if you got personality, you can be fat. You're still a good point. Do You're gonna do fine. You're not pigs. True. Pigs but,
1: don't have any personality. But I, I, I don't know. It was just a little, like a little conscious thing. Like I need to look better. I'm if
2: I'm if I was single again, I'd I'd be going under the knife and getting the weight cut off. I wouldn't mess around. I'd be like, okay, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting this fixed right now, and of course, couldn't do anything about my face. But you know, You could do that cool sculpting. Uh, I'd do something like that. I'd, I'd do it like in a day, and then I'd, I, you know, be out trying to rake. Let's uh, let's get Joseph on. What's up, Joseph?
1: Hey, sports guys, how y'all doing? Good, man. Good. Hey, so I have a. You guys scoffed at the uh, idea of trading Watson to the Saints, but you guys won't take Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, and three first-round picks? I would.
2: I wouldn't. And and I'll tell you why. First off, if you're the Saints, that deal doesn't make any sense to you. Uh, and, and Michael Thomas, after last year, that's a guy I'm a little worried about his value. And three number one picks aren't going to be – the number one picks aren't created equal. That's why – If they're going to do anything before the draft, it's going to be the Dolphins. It's going to be the Jets because you're locked in with a high pick. You're not going to get high picks from the Saints. So three number one picks isn't that valuable when you're the Saints. You're expecting to make the playoffs every year, maybe be a Super Bowl contender. So yes, I'm going to scoff at that. And Saints fan, quit getting your hopes up. If Bill Bill O'Brien were still here, I'd say, oh yeah, they'll do that in a heartbeat. And maybe Jesus Easterby will. That's the only thing you can hope. But yeah, you know, let's not, uh, I mean, I, I know every fan base out there is trying to create these things. Oh, well, we could get him if we did this. That wouldn't even scratch the surface if you called me with that. And and I, I, you don't have the assets that I would need in return. I mean, I, Lattimore would be great, but how much does that really help me if I've only got your three crappy first-round picks?
1: Here's the other thing. You get a top receiver like Michael Thomas, but you have no one to throw him the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, how does that make sense from a Texan perspective?
1: You know that that's the kind of stuff that I look at when I hear trade proposals like that.
2: Plus, big contract. I mean, I exactly. I, I, I want draft picks so I can have guys under team control while I rebuild. So a guy like Michael Thomas makes zero sense. Lattimore makes more sense because he's good,
1: but it's the same kind of thing. I mean, but he, you'd also have to resign him because I want to say he's on the fourth or the fifth year, uh, year of his contract on his rookie deal. So he's coming up for a renewal. You take on Michael Thomas's big contract, and then you'd have three picks that are going to be in the mid to late twenties.
2: Yeah, I mean, under in what world does that make any sense? That, that that's that's the thing. So yes, that's why I'm scoffing, and I'll continue to scoff because you know the to make a deal like if you're going to make a deal like this, it's going to have to be the biggest deal in NFL history, right? And yeah, Lattimore you'd have to resign because he's uh under contract this year. And um, you know, what if, what if you trade for him and the guy says, Dude, I don't want to play here. I'm not resigning with you. Which I would do if I were
1: him. Yep. So now you're stuck with a disgruntled corner who you're gonna try to franchise twice. And what if he just says, Okay, I'll, I'll play under the franchise tag? Oh, my hamstring. Because he has been known for hamstring different little knick knack injuries throughout his career.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to say that. You know, I'm glad you're not a GM, sir, if you would take that trade because it's not uh, – frankly, it, it's not even in the ballpark.
1: But yeah, this isn't Madden. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think Madden would approve that deal. But, again, though, I mean, you are talking about the
2: dumbest organization in all of sports right now, so it is possible that, uh, yeah, maybe you call them up and say, hey, you know what? That's a good deal. Call up, call up Cal. Cal goes, I like that deal. I like that Thomas guy. He likes God like I do.
1: Man, I I just, I still picture Cal from that David Carr, uh, the the Sage Rosenfeld's via David Carr story about sitting down on the floor playing video games. I can't remember which show it was, but they were talking about it. And I was like, I, I could picture Cal shirtless with red lips from drinking that Mountain Dew Code Red and like Cheeto dust on his chest hair.
0: What game do you
1: think he was playing? Let's see. This was about 15 years ago. Oh, that's a good question. What if he was
2: playing Madden? See, I I could see that. And that's, that's some of the reasons why they've
1: done so much stupid stuff. Yeah, I could definitely see Cal as the guy who's on Madden, like trying to put trades together and stuff, and like, see, I can, I can do this, I can do this.
2: But Are DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and a second round pick. Why won't they accept that?
1: <laughs> Man, uh. just Cal. That oh gosh, like I, I wonder. When I look at Cal and you look at his wife, you look at this life that he's lived, and it's just like, dude, you won the sperm lottery. That is all. Oh, yeah. That is totally it. Because I mean, I don't know. Women like beards. That's why I have a beard. Well, that and I, I don't have hair on my head anymore, so I had to have hair somewhere. I just look like a whatever. But-
2: oh, it's too bad I don't have a Dr. Linville read right there.
1: Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> but you know, it would have just been wonderful to 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 have had that type of lifestyle. Because I mean, that guy, that mustache—women don't like a standalone mustache. Who likes that standalone mustache? You know what they do like
2: though? Bank accounts.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: and he has a
1: big one. Yep. Yep. All right. That
2: that Call makes us. that makes up for uh, any inadequacies you might have elsewhere. Uh, apparently, the. Texans have signed Terrence Brooks from the Patriots. Safety. Uh, oh, boy. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we, we're gonna, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. You know what? You know what? I, 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 everybody's throwing I'm out some ideas for it. what Cal what would be playing. If it were 15 years ago, I bet he was playing NASCAR. Yeah, he's probably turning around backwards and crashing into everybody. I wouldn't put it past him. He's probably being Dale Sr. And intentionally crashing into the wall with him.
0: Oh, too soon. Oh,
1: what do you mean too man. soon <laughs> it hasn't been 20.3 years oh yet.
2: stop come on stop. <laughs> stop but the pong on old school atari yeah if you know what I, I think i'm pretty sure cal's about my age so you know what i'm gonna go with back then it would have been sega genesis sega yeah.
1: um let's see 15 years ago it was what 20, I don't know. That's probably 2006? PlayStation
2: One. No, that's probably PlayStation One or two by then. I'd say PS Two, probably yeah. early
1: PS Three days. Yeah, I think PS Two, PS Three. So definitely playing Madden. Probably playing some first person shooter game because he wants to feel like a hero or something like that. So, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, something like that. Definitely. Uh, what What's the
2: one where you? I mean they 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 also have an arcade game for it. But I know you could buy it for, I know you could buy it for PlayStation where you shoot like hogs and bears and stuff like that. Oh, you know, talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see him doing that. Duck Hunter. No, that's too early. No, there, it's like Cabela's Wild or something like that. I want to say it's called Cabela's, if I'm not mistaken. I know they used to have one at Sam Houston Race Park because that was one of my fun, drunk things to do, go, go play. But um, yeah, I could see that. Slow down, pig. Quick break the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5.